You are listening to The Limitless Podcast. I'm your host, Deanna Heron. What if you had no limitations keeping you from your dream life? In 2016, I had a major tug on my heart to write a book about my story. And in the process, I learned that I had been operating with a very faulty belief system for the majority of my life. I've had a huge transformation since then. And my life's passion and mission is to teach you how to live a limitless life. Join me on this journey. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Limitless Podcast. This is Deanna Heron, your host. I want to thank you again for being a part of this amazing, amazing community. And I'm starting a new series, and I'm super excited about this series. And our guest today is someone that I actually met through a mutual friend and through LinkedIn. So I love how we can connect in this world today. It's not just people who live next to you or people that you can pick up the phone. We're connected in amazing ways. And um, so we get to interview Miss Lindsay today, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about who she is, what she does, and how she's truly inspired me. But first and foremost, I want to remind you that my mission and my passion is to first to help you define your truth, to find your truth, because I truly believe that women who stand in their truth become limitless, limitless in their impact. And what is your truth? It's the truth of who you are created to be. Without the stories that you're telling yourself, without the views of society, without the roles that you believe you have to play. So stand in your truth, my friend, and I'm here to walk you alongside that journey. So welcome, Lindsay Dowd. I'm super excited to have you. We had such, it was truly a magical conversation. <laughs> and, you know, we all start off like super businessy and, and so forth. But, but girl, you just really did a deep dive in. And it was during that conversation, I'm like, you are a warrior. You are a warrior. So I want to tell our audience a little bit about you from LinkedIn. I love this top 10 business coach on Apple News. Congratulations. She is the founder and chief heartbeat officer. I love that speaker, podcast coach, coach, host, excuse me. I can't use my words today. And um, just an amazing woman. She has an amazing heart and amazing story. So welcome, Lindsay. And I would love for you to share. I just kind of hit the highlights but share a little bit about you with our audience. Sure. Thanks for having me, Deanna. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, So I'll give you a little bit about my background. I spent um, really the last 20, 25 years in corporate America and 23 of those years was climbing the ranks at IBM. I started in customer service and worked my way up to executive and I left and I went to another company and I was there for six months and I got fired. And it was a gut punch I couldn't have prepared myself for. It was something you never plan for in your career. Um, So a total shock. And I had to kind of lick my wounds for a month and say to myself, okay, what are you good at? What do you love to do? And what's going to help people the most? And one thing I understood was sales culture. I had built really big sales teams and was running big sales organizations. And I understood what it took to get people to perform and how to make them feel valued and seen. So I wrote this job description called a chief heartbeat officer. And it was really to advise all of the the leaders in the sales organization of 
how to build trust and how to get the most out of your people, um, how to let them be valued and heard and recognize their greatness. And um, I knew from my own experience that when you do that, they perform. Mm -hmm. And so I've interviewed up a storm with a bunch of different companies. They're like, you could do so many things. What do you want to do? I said, well, I want to be your chief heartbeat officer. Oh my God, I love that. We don't have that, but I love it. I wish we did. And I heard it a few times and I was like, all right, I'm going to build it myself. And so a year ago, as you said, I started this company called Heartbeat for Hire. And so I'm a speaker and I'm a coach and I coach leaders on how to build this irresistible sales culture. And I do the same thing with speaking. Um, I just cast a wider net. Um, So that's what I've been doing for the last year. (laughs) I love it. And what I want to point out is I want to point out that, you know, most, most of the time we would just kind of sit in that place of rejection. And I love how you pulled yourself out. What am I good at? And I think that's such a great question for other women that are listening to this podcast right now to ask that question of themselves. Yes. Well, I I made a real decision um, during the pandemic and I really decided I was going to live with intention, both personally and professionally. And What that meant was I was going to surround myself with people that recharged my battery. I was going to not go and do all the obligatory things that we were all doing before the pandemic. I wasn't going to appearances because it looked good. I wanted to do things that really fueled my soul and my heart. And by not jumping right back into a corporate environment with In every job, there's always elements you're not going to like. There's elements of this job I don't like. But when you think about your dream job, most people are not doing their dream job working for somebody else. And listen, I never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. And I've had to learn a lot of hard lessons through this process. But I'm living really intentionally. And I'm doing something that I know is really important to the, the workforce at large Um, and it's something that leaders really need to refocus on. So um, it's my hope that with the paradigm shift we all experienced through the pandemic, that that's going to continue, and I'm going to give leaders the tools that they need to build these amazing irresistible cultures that people are asking for. Yes, and it's it's so needed. Um, You guys, I just want to point out, we are talking to a woman right here that is in true alignment with her truest self, Clearly, living in intention, wanting to surround yourself with people who give you energy, life-breathing energy. Yes, so invaluable. These are some amazing tips she just gave you. Um, And I would love to have a little more insight and share some tips about having that culture. What does that culture look like? Because we have so many leaders that listen to this podcast. I would love to. I mean, the first and foremost thing that I always say is culture starts with trust. And culture is a feeling. So for a lot of leaders that um, might think that their culture is tied to their business resource groups or their ping pong tables or their free beer on Fridays, those are perks. Um, Those aren't necessarily culture things. Culture is, I'll give you the best example I can. When your boss calls, do the hairs on your neck stand up or are you excited to take the call? that should give you a really good indication of how you feel about where you work. And leaders need to provide a few things. They need to provide communication, collaboration, and community. 
And if they are not, and they are not creating a space for people to have psychological safety and, and build that trust, it's just a job and a paycheck. And I'll tell you from my own experience, I had a leader once, um, I adored her and she was a friend, but she'd become my boss. And I was telling her what I was doing with this really huge client. And I started to take her through the, the effort that I was making. And she said, girl, I've got your back now fly. And I will tell you hearing that gave me goosebumps, but what it also gave me was tremendous confidence that, okay, she's got my back. I can go take risks. So I'm going to take my big team of 55 people and we're going to think differently. We're going to try new things. We're going to build new best practices and create relationships where we haven't before, because I've got somebody who, if I fall down, she's going to, she's going to help me through it. And so by giving your people that support and that strength, all of a sudden you're creating an environment that you didn't have before. And when you're leveraging things like recognition and sharing the spotlight, let's, let's recognize some people on supporting teams that are helping us get our job done. You're a generous leader. And I think a lot of leaders make the mistake of saying, well, if I don't take all the credit, no one will know what I'm doing but it's actually the opposite. And when you give credit, you look like a generous leader. Everyone knows you're associated with these people, they report to you. So it just changes the way everyone sees you, it changes the way the team functions, and it creates this beautiful competition because they wanna be in the spotlight too. So it's less cutthroat, more collaborative. It, those are just some off the cuff I love that. Yeah, I, I love that. More, but. Yeah, I love that so much. And when you were when you were speaking about you know letting letting your people fly or giving them permission yeah. to to fly, that is a a very um, faith based leader. Like I have faith that yes, yes. Instead of fear based, there's so many companies who run on oh. fear micromanaging micromanaging. Yeah. Well, and people micromanage out of insecurity. They, they forget that the people on their team were hired for those roles because they're capable. And when you stop and you take yourself out of that and you say, wait a minute, these people know what they're doing. These people are qualified. They've sold before. I need to trust them. I need to build them up. And by doing that, wait until you see what they're going to do. I love that. So amazing. Yeah. Heartbeat. Mm. the heartbeat. So amazing. So yeah, I have a hashtag. It's heartbeats, not headcount. And that's, that's the, one of my talk tracks that I have. And I just think it's such a good reminder of there are humans out here. And if you're not connecting them and you're not offering that opportunity for people to be seen and be known, you're missing something. Mm -hmm. And it's just a number. So the communication piece is really important. And what are some, yeah. some tips that you have for the connection? So communication, I think is just it, it, people, you know, you, you, you can take classes, you can, you can listen to good leaders that give great speeches, but what it really comes down to is if you know, someone said something to you that hurt, don't do it. <laughs> don't do, don't repeat it. And I think that's leaders lack that, um, if they haven't had a good leader, they obviously don't know how to be a good leader. You can't be what you can't see. Um, but some simple things. I'll give you another story because I'm a big storyteller. 
So I had a leader who once said to me, um, Lindsay, I don't like how you did on that call. I don't like how you represented yourself. I don't like how you represented the company. You missed a whole bunch of points. You better fix it for next time. Well, how do you think I did the next time? I sucked. I was so stressed. I was so worried I was going to say the wrong thing. I was so terrified that I wasn't going to do what she had asked that I wasn't being myself. I wasn't relying on my instincts. I wasn't relying on my sense of humor. I wasn't relying on my ability to read people because all I was doing was focusing on don't say this, don't say this, don't say this versus no, you know this stuff. Now, had she said to me, how do you think that call went? I could have said, if we had a good relationship, I could have said, you know, I think I might've missed a couple of points here and I don't really like the way I said this. And maybe we could role play and figure out how I could do that better. And how can I come back from this? Can I address it with an email? Like what's the way that I can recover from that? Can we work on that together? That's getting to the same goal, but it's doing it in a way that everyone feels empowered. And that's not hard. It's just leaders have to remember that when you come down on somebody that hard, it's going to have a ripple effect and it's going to take them out at the knees. And a really good indication of how you're doing on communication is, are people talking on your team calls or are they quiet? And are the once chatty people now not chatty anymore? Because if those things are happening, you got a problem. Mm, so good. So good. So who do you work with? Is it mainly um, corporations or do you work with individual leaders one-on-one? Both. I mean, my because I came from corporate and because I came from sales, that's the language I speak the most. Um, but I coach a lot of people that um, a want to just get to the next level. They want to. They know they can do better. They and I, I have a saying: you can't see the picture if you're in the frame. So being able to um, have someone mirror what it is you're doing, and I'll tell you, I have a client, and she said to me. Um, she said, you know, Lindsay, I just got my performance review and I got dinged and it really hurt. And I, and I said, okay, well, let's talk about it. Tell me what it was. And she starts going through all the pieces of the performance review. I said, okay, so you just told me one area you got dinged on and six, you got top marks. She goes, oh yeah, I did, didn't I? <laughs> but she couldn't even mm-hmm. see that because she was so focused on the bad part. Um, so that's just, you know, one thing that we work through, but yes, I love to work with leaders that, um, want to do better for themselves and want to do better by their teams. I love to work with sales teams that want to, you know, find, recover that trust and rebuild that community. Um, but I have a lot of people reaching out to me individually that just want to be coached and want to be helped through. And I have some people that are concerned they're losing their jobs and we're working on their talk track and how to reclaim their mojo and really how to remind them of all the good stuff that they've done. Um, And I think whenever anybody is fearful of losing their job, and I certainly speak from experience, you, you lose your sense of self. You lose the ability to look at yourself as a warrior. You you forget all of the things you're capable of. And it often just takes somebody to just reframe it and spit it back out to them to say, oh no, I, I'm pretty great. <laughs> I, I've got this. I love that. Um, so, so good. It's a real joy to help people recover that um their mojo that they've lost. Yeah. Their, their confidence. They've allowed one thing to tell the story 
um, and, yeah. and believe the story. I can see everything that you're doing though can translate into, uh, because we're all leaders. We all lead, yes. not just in our businesses, but in our family, yeah. this, everything that you're sharing can be translated and used as a mom used as a wife. Totally. Yeah. And, and yes. that's, that's the other thing, you know, we talked earlier about, um, you know, living with intention, you know, I'm, I have teenage twins and they're watching me. They watched me go from this big corporate job where I was making a lot of money to, okay, we're tightening the belt. You guys, we're going to watch every penny we spend. So all those Starbucks runs that you got really comfortable with, we're going to cut those out for a while. And then every once in a while, they'll be like, mom, when do we get those back? <laughs> so, like, we can live with less. Let's just, let's just see what we're doing. But you know, it's, it's been such an education and I'm willing to sacrifice because I think this is so important and I don't think I'm going to be sacrificing forever, but you know, when you build a company, you have to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you have absolutely switched gears and yeah made it in a different direction. I would love for you to share what would be the one thing, and maybe there's more than one thing, but one thing that you really learned about yourself during that process, losing mm. your job, which you never thought you would ever, I mean, you're, you, you would ever lose a job. You have always been great in your careers. What yeah. do you think is, is the one message? If you can name yeah, one I, message. I, I, I have one message and um, it's, it's so loud in my head because I say it to so many other people. Um, when you go through a layoff or you go through a firing like I did, you have to remind yourself that your achievements, your accomplishments didn't get negated. They're all yours. You still own those. You still did those things. Those are facts. And you have to remind yourself that no boss or no ornery person can take that away from you. And that's just so important for anybody that is struggling um, with one of those scenarios, because it's so like, for me, there was so much shame associated with getting fired. How do I, you know, go from 23 years with this incredibly decorated career to getting fired. I mean, how was I going to share that with people? And I had to really develop my talk track. I had to think about what was I going to say? And some people I was like, oh, I left and I didn't really admit it. And it wasn't until I was like a couple months in to my journey that I started actually recognizing, no, there's power in this story. And that experience lit the fire for me to build heart heartbeat for hire that wasn't intended to rhyme. But you understand, like without having that experience, I would just have another corporate job. I would, I would, and I probably would have stayed at that company. I would have muscled through. I would have been so anxious. My health would have sucked. Everyone around me would have been miserable. Um, so it was a gift. It truly was a gift. It was such a gift. And that's what I want everyone to, to see about this, because a lot of times what happens is we, we are not in alignment with who we are and we, we, we yeah. settle for things in our careers. We settle yeah. for, you know, mistreatment or we settle for working mm-hmm. 40, 50, 90 hours a week. And we settle for things that we, because we believe innately that there's not anything else out there for us. And 
it's a wake up call. <laughs> it's a wake yeah. up call. And what I see that you did is you actually took that and was, you took that and you were like, no, no, this doesn't define me. What am I good at? What yeah. am I good at? And you made that pivot into obviously your sweet spot, something mm -hmm. that, that you realize is truly who you are. And that's what's powerful about being a warrior and, you know, not settling for anything less than what you truly deserve and why yeah. you're here on this earth. I love it so much. So I know that you have another story that you shared with me. And um, I would just be honored if you would share that with the group. It is so heartfelt and <laughs> such a miraculous story and journey. And I know that it has really, you know, motivated you to become the best version of you in so many different ways. Yeah, sure. I'm happy to. Um so what Deanna is referring to is back in 2005, um, I had exertional asthma as a kid and I outgrew it and I lived out, in, out West for many, many years and um, I never saw asthma again. And then I had moved to Boston and um, it was winter and in October, no, it was February, um, I, had, I had an asthma attack and I hadn't had one and I went to the hospital and um, they're like, yeah, it's an asthma attack. And I was like, mm, I don't have asthma anymore. What are you talking about? And so over the course of the next few months, I had been in the ER six times. My asthma wasn't getting any better. And um, I was not getting the right care from the doctors that I was seeing. And um, if you know anything about asthma, the rule of thumb is if you need rescue meds more than twice a week, um, you need to up your asthma medication. Well, I had gotten to the point where I was so sick, um, I was using a nebulizer three times a day. And, um, because I wasn't getting the right care, I was depressed and, um, I'm also fairly defiant. And so I was, um, in a lot of denial about how really sick I was. And, um, I decided, oh, I'm going to go fly to see this customer in Syracuse. And so I drove to the airport and I got my parking ticket. And as I was getting my ticket between there and the time I pulled into my spot, I was in a full-blown asthma attack. And um, I only had enough time to either call 911 or use my nebulizer. And so I called 911 and I was facing a wall and next to a chain link fence and um, not in a really well lit area. And the 911 dispatch couldn't really understand me because I obviously couldn't breathe. Um, and lucky for me, some stranger knocked on my window and said, are you okay? And the 911 dispatch said, give him your phone. And the last thing I remember was handing off my phone. And you can hear on the 911 call, he's describing me and, and what's going on with me. And he flags down a state trooper and some Massport people, which are airport people in Massachusetts. Um, and they start doing CPR on me while the ambulance is... Mm -hmm on its way. Um, the ambulance couldn't drive into the garage because the ceiling was too low. So they came up on foot and you have to imagine by this time I'm without oxygen for a really long time. 
Um, so they get to me and they gave me a blast of albuterol and oxygen. And this is in the notes. I don't remember this, but this is in the notes. Apparently, as soon as he did this, um, I grabbed the EMT by the throat and I said, I'm asthmatic. You need to intubate me, which is really funny because I'm even bossy when I'm dead. <laughs> um, so at this point, they estimated I was six minutes without oxygen. Wow. Which nobody survives. Um, and unless you're a free diver and congratulations to them. But wow. <laughs> anyway, I, um, got to the hospital and I was at mass general, which I'm very fortunate. That's where I was. Um, but everyone in the ICU said I was worse than every patient they've ever worked on. I had, my blood was, my pH was so bad. I was closer to beer than I was to tap water. My organs were failing. And um, ultimately, they put me in a coma. I was in a coma. They, they kept me in a coma because they needed my lungs to heal. So I spent a week in a coma, and um, they really didn't know if I was going to survive. Um, and so lucky for me, I did, and I survived mostly intact. Um, and um, when you go through something like that, um, it certainly gives you perspective of um, – living intentionally mm. and, um, you know, what things you'll, you'll put up with and what things you won't. Um, but it, the, the, probably one of the, and I'll say two things. One of the coolest things that comes out of something like that is you kind of get to experience your own funeral, um, because you see the outpouring of love of the people that want to keep you here. Um, so that was unexpected and amazing. Um, and then the other piece of it is I will tell everybody dying isn't hard. So if you're afraid of dying, it is the most peaceful, easy, effortless thing you could ever experience. Um, surviving is hard. Recovery is hard. Um, regaining muscle that is all atrophied is hard. PTSD is hard, but dying is not hard. So if anyone's worried, I got you. It's all good. Such a beautiful story. Um, you are a miracle. Yeah. You are a miracle yeah. and you have it just wasn't my time. Yep. You have a powerful purpose and you're here to serve. And I can't wait to see what what's in store for you and who the life. Yeah. How many lives you're going to change. And I think one of the things that people will want to know is what was it like on the other side? Mm. Yeah, I get that question a lot. And um, I I was joking with you when we were speaking um, initially and I said, you know, I'm, I was raised Jewish. So a lot of people immediately say, well, were you going to see Jesus? Did you see Jesus? Well, I didn't, I wasn't looking for a bearded man in a dress. That's just not where I would go. Um, so my experience was I was going to a party and I was in a really great dress. I mean, like phenomenal. And um, as I was going, entering the front of the party, I guess there was these energy, you know, for all intents and purposes, beings, um, you couldn't really see their faces, but I certainly wasn't alarmed by that. And they had a list and they looked at the list and they're like, it's not your turn and you've got to go back. And, um, so I reluctantly went back, but it wasn't like this big exchange. And then I want to come in. <laughs> it was just, I was no, and I accepted it and, and I came back. And the one thing I will tell you is, um, I've had a number of psychics, tell me um, there was incredible amounts of divine intervention keeping me there. I had a lot of guardian angels um, hurling divine intervention at the doctors and the nurses to try things, do things, and um, keep me alive. Um, so I had a lot of help. And they also confirmed that the guy who knocked on my window was an earth angel. And when I asked the cop who was doing CPR on me, I said, what happened? 
who with the guy who gave you the phone. Where did he go? And he said, oh, he handed me the phone and he went to the elevator and he pressed up and he didn't have any luggage or anything. He just disappeared. And um, I just love that. I mean, we actually went on TV to try and find him to thank him. We never found him. But um, yeah, so many people have full confirmed body that chills. Me. Yeah, full body yeah. chills. Amazing story. Amazing story. You are incredible. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being such a a warrior and serving others. But you know, being a fighter and and a fighter in this life is someone who rises from the ashes and comes out so much stronger. So I'm such an honor for me to have you on this podcast and such an honor for us to have that connection. Our conversation was just amazing. And I knew (laughs) that I wanted others to hear your story. So how can people, how can they reach out to you? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, my website is heartbeatforhire.com. Really easy. I'm on all the socials except Twitter. So you can find me on TikTok, Insta, Facebook, um, YouTube. I have a podcast too. And um, you can find it all from Heartbeat for Hire. And I'm very active on LinkedIn as well. On LinkedIn. And it's Lindsay with a Y. Lindsay Dowd. Okay, awesome. That's right. Thank you, Lindsay. And thank you so much for everyone who has joined us on this podcast. Share this podcast. What an amazing story. Lindsay has. I just want you to know that you too are a warrior. You're a warrior. Keep shining. Keep doing the thing. Keep getting back up. When you feel like you have fallen, just get back up and do the thing and stand in your truth. Stand in your truth, ladies. I look forward to seeing you all, talking to you all next Tuesday. God bless. I'm honored to have you as part of the Limitless community. If this podcast has added value to you, I'm going to ask you to do two things for me. Number one, share it with your family and friends. And number two, go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review this podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Deanna Heron. I always love hearing from you. If you would love more about what's happening in the Deanna Heron world, you can go to DeannaHeron.net, subscribe to my email list, or even be a part of my private Facebook group. I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you.